Amen. Holy Spirit, as we come around your word today, I surrender to you. And Holy Spirit, right now, take over, take this message, take the words, breathe upon it. Breathe a fresh wind. We do declare and align our words and our faith with you now that, Lord, you are moving afresh. You're doing something fresh in our midst. Would you pray that prayer with me? Lord, anoint my eyes to see. Anoint my ears to hear. Anoint my heart to receive your message today. Amen. There's a race every year. I don't think it was this year or last year they didn't do it. It was called the Sydney to Hobart. Who remembers the city? Who's ever watched it? Oh, we got a lot of people, yeah. I download the app and I put tracker on. I find out where all the boats are and I see them. At the beginning, they're all together. Take off together. Just one big blob. Half a day in, starts to break apart. The ones that have broken apart and gone ahead have done so because they've picked up one thing very importantly, where the wind is blowing. Constantly they're tracking, where's the wind? Because that makes all the difference. Now the most challenging part of this race is right at the end. When they're going up that, is it the Derwent River or something like that? It's critical. And you see them, they're all coming in, huddling together. And someone who was so far ahead now is the guy behind catching up. And they're trying to pick up where's a little bit of wind because it will make all the difference to how we finish. It's the same with the church. Where's the wind blowing? I want your life not just to start off and we all start off together, halfway down, some are getting left behind because others have picked up where the wind is. But when we get around that finish line, I want us all to be there together and we've judged where, we've assessed where the wind is and we've said, I'm staying in front of the wind because if I do that, I don't have to strive, I don't have to struggle, I don't have to paddle. I'll let the wind blow me towards home. And that's the series that I'm about to launch today. Thank you, Caitlin. Put your hands together for Caitlin and all the crew today. Did an amazing job. It's been 117 days since I've stood here and preached. Wow. So, Joshy, I went and did a refresher course yesterday. I went out there and did that. But uh, I just want to say before I get in and preach, thank you to all the team. Thank you to Pastor Dave, Izzy, Pastor Mick, all the crew here. Can we put our hands together? They have not only, not only held the pulpit well together, they have complimented it and, and moved. I mean, Isabel's sermon last week, <laughs> outstanding, outstanding. And Pastor Dave, before that, dealing with the potter, I heard so much feedback about the potter and the clay and their messages that are leaning into today. 
My last message I preached was building a community to... Oh, I must be... Oh, I was about to say I was in a Baptist church. No, I'm, a, I'm in a Pentecostal church. We're building a community to... Tell the person beside you, you're allowed to talk in church. Uh, not David, don't just talk about motorbike riding. You're allowed to talk as the pastor invites you to talk. But it's good to get feedback. So building a community too. Amen, amen. That's always been the heartbeat of God. And so my message today is following on from that as I lean into a message that is not just something I've put together and thought, this will be a good little message. The message I'm downloading today is straight from the heartbeat of God for you and this church. It's so important. The first thing I want to remind us today is before we get into our message on making room is we were created, say created. We were created for community. It all started in the garden. We were created for fellowship and his pleasure. Revelations 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things, and for, say, thy pleasure, they are and were created. Community. The very reason you and I were created was for his pleasure and to spend time with him. We get to do a lot of other things as we go through life and grow through life, but we must remember it's like that Holden car coming out the end. If it doesn't shape like a Holden, sound like a Holden, it's not a Holden. We used to say Holdens are just holding together, but they're, they're, they're a good car. But we were created, if someone looked at you and said, what were you created? I was created for his pleasure to spend time with him. The primary number one reason I was created was to have community with my father. Primary, that's it. Secondary after that, we're going to see what that is. You see, God is not just one person, a soul trader in my business days. God is not two, father and son. That's a partnership. But God is father, son, Holy Spirit. That's a community. He exists eternally in community. It's always there, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we were created right at the beginning for community. The second thing is we were saved and called to community. The moment you were saved and born again, we were called to spend time in community. It says here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God said, it's not good. Say, it's not good for the man to be alone. And every single man here said, oh, you weak. No wonder you haven't got a date. You're not, you're not assertive. You're, I'm going to say it again. Josh Chen, I'm waiting to hear your voice is the loudest. For God said, it's not good for man to be a... Oh, Josh. Everyone point your hand together towards Josh. Father, in the name of Jesus, give him boldness, Lord. If I was a single guy, Pete, I would have stood up then and said, Pastor, it's not good to be alone. I see that hand. But I'll make him a helper. <laughs> Josh, you see, one of the most harshest prison sentences is isolation. They know it, it plays with a man's mind. 
It's the same with us. We were created for community, but we're saved and called into community. That's why I love coming here today. All of us are on along a journey. We're, we're walking summer. Some are getting up and doing a little bit. Some are getting stronger. Some are a little bit weak. But when you come together in community, you're cheering one another on. This is your cheer squad, your encouragement team. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. The, bio, the body is a picture of community. And so it is in the body of Christ for though we are many, we have been mingled into one body in Christ, which means we are, say, vitally, vitally joined. It's vital. We connect. It's not just a good idea. It actually is life or death if we connect in community. It's like that big bunch of hot coals. You take one out and say, no, I don't want to be there. And you put it over there by itself. Within moments, the little embers are flickering and it's dying. It's vital that we are joined to one another so we can each what? Contribute to each other. I get encouragement from you. You get encouragement from me. That's how the body works. The last thing before I land on the key scripture I want to launch today is we are commissioned to reach a community. This is the heartbeat of God. Everything God is doing right now, touching our church, breathing on our church, blowing a fresh wind on our church, is not just for us, it's for outside. Hebrews 5, 9 says, but we see Jesus, who as a man lived for a short time, lower than the angels, and has now been crowned with glorious honor because of what he suffered in his death. For it was by God's grace that he experienced death's bitterness on behalf of everyone. Everyone means everyone. For us, it means all of the north of Adelaide. Our community, this is where it starts. Then we have missions. And this is the heartbeat of God, called, saved, and commissioned to reach a community. Come with me now to a scripture that God really landed on me. This is going to launch our series over the next few weeks. 2 Kings chapter 4. It's a story about a woman and a husband in a town called Shunem. Say Shunem. Shunem. They call her the Shunemite woman. And Elisha shows up one day and he's invited into her house for a meal. We'll pick up on verse 8. One day Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed by, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure, say sure, I'm sure that this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. So let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. And one day Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to his upper room to rest. 
He said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her. When we see her, tell her we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she said, my family takes good care of me. And later Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Very important question. Because God is about to ask you and take you on a journey. What is it I can do for you? I've never felt such a faith and a strong conviction in my heart that God is about to do and move in your life. And she said, no, it's all good. My family look after me. So we asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? He says, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next week we're preaching on the doorway, next year at this time you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Don't deceive me and let me get my hopes up again. Intimating I've had my hopes up before. I've been in meetings before, just like this, Pastor Mark. I was in a meeting four years ago, I felt a move of God. I was, I was in a meeting seven years ago, I felt a move of God. I've had the prophetic word, I've had it called over my life. I've had those moments I walked out with bold faith and it didn't happen. This is where this woman was. The prophet calls her to the door and he says, this time next year you're going to give birth to a child. She says, no, don't get my hopes up. But sure enough, say sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. So we see this woman opens up a home with her husband. People come in. Different travelers come in. She opens up the table and they have a meal. But came this, came this one day, one day came, Elisha came in and he came in and sat down and had a meal and while he was there, he was eating and she saw and uh, she observed and when he left, she pulled her husband to the side and she said, husband, I have something to tell you. You said, you know, no, this man, yeah. This man's different. This man's different. I don't know what it is. I can't quite explain it yet, but I know this. I know that when he came, something transferred and it's different. And so much so, he's that different. And what he's carrying is so important. We must make a room. 
we must make a room in the house. The husband turns around and says, I understand that, but you don't understand something. For you to make a room, for me to make a room, it's going to take time. Say time. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost energy. For you to make a room, it's not just some little thing. I remember I was home and I got saved in Rockhampton. I was staying with my mum and I was living up in the little room just off the house. And there was a time there I wanted, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to build a room underneath the house to come and have some worship, to have some prayer. I saw my mum and I said, mum, I need to make some room downstairs. And she said, you've got a little room out there. And I said, no, I've got to get a room downstairs. My father came in and he spoke to me about the cost of it. Do you know it's going to be this? Do you know it's going to be that? In the end, he finally gave in and mum worked on him and made this room and spent time with God. The husband says, listen, are you sure you're, you're understanding what's going to happen? Uh, you understand the cost? She said, yeah. He said, can you remind me once more why? Listen to this. She says, the reason I want to add on a small room upstairs and furnish it with a bed and a desk, a chair and a lamp, is so that when he comes by next time, he just doesn't visit, but he stays. It says in verse 10, let's build a small room, put a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp, then he will have a place to stay next time he comes. As your pastor, this is the scripture that God has laid on my heart. And God is saying this, do you just want a visit or do you want me to stay? Because if you want me to stay, you're going to have to make room. You're going to have to make room in your life. You're going to have to make room in your family's life. You're going to have to make room as a couple. You're going to have to make room. And Mark, you're going to have to make room. You're going to have to build room so that next time I come, I won't just visit, but I'll stay here in this time. And this is what I've been feeling in my spirit. And people are saying even now, it's different. There's something different. There's something different about the sense that God is moving. I'm getting texts from people all in the church. This one's touching. This one's coming up and saying, God's moving in my heart, Pastor Mark. He's asked me to do this. And I go, wow. Someone sent me a text in the last 24 hours saying, with this prayer and fasting, God's asking me to do this. And I showed Michelle it was, I go, wow, that is crazy. That's a step of faith if I've ever seen one. But God is doing it, not me. I'm not hopping up at the platform saying, you should do this. The Holy Spirit is moving. And right now he's saying, listen, I just don't want to visit life. I don't want to visit your family. I want to stay here. Now, if you want me to stay, you're going to have to make room. If you want me to stay in your marriage, make room. That's what he's saying. And as your pastor, I've got no greater cry in my heart. 
I want God's presence to come, to settle, to stay. So that like our morning this morning in that beautiful worship, but as we come and the breath of God just moves across without even doing an altar call, someone comes and begins to sit down. Someone begins to move and put their hands up. Someone begins to reach out to God. And I haven't even done an altar call. It's the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And I come over here and all of a sudden there's a young man and he's kneeling down. And I go, you okay, son? He says, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just getting right with God, Pastor. It's because we made room. We made room. And all of a sudden a married couple hop up just during communion. They come down to the altar. Why? Because the presence of God has drawn them. And as clearly as I can say to you today, God's presence is visiting us. And He doesn't just want us to visit. He wants to stay. Can we just worship Him for a moment right now? And where you are, just say, Holy Spirit, I want you to stay in my life. Would you help me make room as we listen to this and begin to declare these words? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Right where you are. Just as a couple. Say, Holy Spirit, I want you to pray. I want you to stay. Stay in our life. I don't want you to just visit. I want you to stay. Would you move in my marriage? Would you move in my life? Would you move in my school?
So he comes. And she says, I want to build a room. But I want to put some things in the room. I want to put a table. I want to put a chair. I want to put a bed. And I want to put a lamp. Four little practical things that we use every day. But God speaks prophetically through. She says, I want to put a chair because the chair speaks to me as a place of rest. And if I make room for the Holy Spirit, for him to come and stay, one of the first indicators of you making room in your life for him, your sense of rest. Your sense of rest like never before, no more striving. No more stressing. His supernatural rest will settle on you. It says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come all who are weary, weight down with burdens, and I will give you rest. But you've got to make room. You've got to make room. And then she said, Husband, I don't just want to put a chair. I want to put a bed. And the bed always represents the place of reviving. You'll lay down and be revived. And the scripture there is Psalm 85, 6. Revive us again, O God. I know you will. I love this bit. Would you say this with me? Lord, would you give me what? A fresh start then all your people will taste your joy and gladness. So as I make room for him, 
I'm going to enter into a rest like I've never had for a while. I'm going to sense a sense of revival on my life I haven't had for a while. But as I make room. The third thing she said I want to put is a table. And the table speaks to us about refreshment. This is where we come and we eat. It's a place where we come and we're refreshed. And Jeremiah 31, 25 says, I'll refresh your tired bodies. I'll restore your tired souls. So as I come and I make room, I, I, I'm getting myself ready for God to move on my life and rest will come. And as I make room for God and I put the bed in there, I, I make room, I've got to be revived. There's going to be a sense of reviving in my life and, and a sense of refreshing is going to come. And the last thing she says, husband, I want to put a lamp. The lamp speaks to us of revelation. When you make room for God, Scripture says that His Word is a lamp unto my feet. And so as I make room, all of a sudden I feel at rest. I feel revived. I feel refreshed. And all of a sudden, He's revealing things to me from His Word like never before. Why? Because I've made room in my life for Him. So Pastor Mark, how do you make room? What's this making room you're talking about? How do you do that? Well, Michelle and I over the past few weeks have been sensing this move of God and we felt to already start and make room in our own lives. Michelle said, listen, I get up in the morning, I'm going to work, I don't get home until six o'clock. I've got to make tea, so how can I make room? And so what she's done practically is she's got up that hour early, extra in the morning, gets to work at eight, doesn't start till nine, but she parks up around the street. She's got these beautiful maple trees where she parks and she sits there and opens a word and has time with God and the word in prayer. And God's been speaking to her and things have been happening in her life. Why? Simply because she's made room. She's made room for Him. How else can you make room? Well, for me, I cut off all social media. Don't want distracting voices telling me uh, what's going on in their life. I want to know what's going on in my life. I want God to speak to me about me. I want to speak to me about my family, about my children. I want Him to speak to me. I don't need to look down and see how many likes I got. I know He loves me, doesn't like me. So I cut off all social media. The other thing is I cut off my phone for the whole month of February. So my phone number now ending in double seven zero, that's gone. I've got a new number that's just for staff, just for family, just to make room. What am I trying to do? I don't need phone calls from everyone all around Australia and people ringing me and I just want to make room. Cut myself off emails. Belinda gets them now, but I cut them off. I don't want to go near them. I'm trying to make room for God. And TV in the end at home, 
swapping shows on TV for putting praise and worship on, just going onto Apple and going onto YouTube and we're listening to sermons about revival, feeding about revival. What am I doing? I'm trying to make extra room for God to come. So He doesn't just visit me for this moment, then by March it's all gone and by April it's all gone, but He's staying with me. I'm trying to build, Wayne and I were talking this morning about uh, just a pattern of lifestyle with eating and things like that. He said, you don't have to make big changes, but small changes which become a lifestyle. And I want these changes in our life to become a lifestyle so we can make room. My question to you this morning as your pastor is this, are you ready? Are you ready to make room in your life to see God come and stay? What I'm gonna do in a minute, I'm just gonna allow one minute or two minutes and I'm gonna, we're gonna pray. And we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to talk to you personally on how you can make room. This is just your time while the music is playing. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you individually. You say, Holy Spirit, here's our prayer. Pray this with me now. Holy Spirit, I discern that this moment right now is different. There is something about this season right now. You are visiting us. And Lord, we don't just want you to come and visit but we desire you to come and stay. And so Lord, I wanna make room for you. Can you speak to me right now? Can you share with me what it is you would like me to change, commit to, give up, so that I can make room for you in my life? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is starting to talk to you individually about areas that you can make changes. Let Him speak to you now. As he speaks, just begin to write them down. simple little thing it's not the thing that pleases God it's the obedience just that simple little thing thank you musicians as you come husband she said this man who's came this time is different. So much so, I've got to make room for him. 
As I said at the beginning, this is not just a sermon. It's, this is a word that God's laid on my heart, very, very strong for this church, that right now He is moving. He is doing something fresh. Next week, I'm following it up with the message. Next week is, I invite you into the room. And that's all about you and what God wants to do in your life this year and starting soon.